You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today we are going to wrap up our journey through the sacred timeline into the multiverse with Loki. Eons ago, before the TVA, a variant of myself lived on Earth in the 31st century. He was a scientist, and he discovered that there were universes stacked on top of his own. At the same time, other versions of us were learning the same thing. Naturally, they made contact, and for a while, there was peace. Narcissistic, self-congratulatory peace. I love your shoes, I love your hair. Oh man, nice nose, thanks man, etc. However, not every version of me was so so pure of heart. Uh, this was the shortest, so we mm, should, second shortest episode. Are we bunch. recording right now? Or are we? I don't know. We're just kind of <laughs> chat chatting. You know, if somebody's with us, then you know that's cool. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, and there's not a lot at the same time. A lot doesn't happen. There's yeah. a lot to talk about. Yeah. Why Why don't we just begin with the core of the story, which is the Sylvie Loki, uh, he who remains. Spoilers, by the way, if you are still with us and haven't seen the show and you are dooming yourself here. So, yeah, this is really big yeah. spoiler time. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for Don't everything be, yeah, in the Marvel Universe happened. at all, really. Um, so, yeah, it's the Sylvie Loki thing. Um, did you see that entire thing playing out the way it played out? Did, did I see? W- like, did you think that that was going to happen? Her kind of them butting heads and going against each other at the end. I, I didn't necessarily see them going against each other. Yeah. I did see the outcome of the series. Yeah. W- once I saw, um, essentially Kang appear. Once I saw. Yeah. Yeah, him appear. Uh, Franklin Richards. Is it Franklin Richards? I want to say it's Franklin Richards. Uh, then that's something I want to talk to you about later in Reed the Richards? conversation. Franklin no, Richards. No, see, this is what's important. This is where we'll I'm get to confuse it. everybody. Yeah, be confused for a second. I would just say Great. once I saw Kang, I was is like, this we're, where we get we're into like the, the multiverse. The, the your comic book nerdum. Yes. Stuff here. There's this some is comic be good. book nerdum, and I'm going to make some mistakes, so I need to work that through. So but, good. Uh, anyway, um, once I saw that. I was like, the multiverse is coming right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, and th- and they're gonna they're gonna kill him. Well, he has to die. Right. Be- and, and because he's pretty much called himself not the real Kang. Right. You know, or the not the evil Kang. Right. This is the peaceful Kang. Or the most or the most peaceful. Right. This is he's the fascist the, Kang. He's the fascist <laughs> Kang. Right. He's the most dictatorship Kang who is trying to keep order and you just have to trust the strong man. You have to trust the dictator in charge that there's not a, he's the lesser of, you know, many evils, I'm sure. Right. Um, And uh, yeah. So I, I mean, when he came out of, you know, that elevator, essentially, I was, I was so shocked. I I was not sure if this was like, is he, I'm like, I didn't know if he was a villain. I didn't know if he was a good guy. And if this was the same persona of Kang that we were going to continue to see as the big bad, yes. then I was ready because I had so much fun watching him act. I had so much fun watching his performance um, because he was so quirky and so out there. And I mean, I guess that's what happens when you are in charge of the entire timeline and all of time, essentially. Right. Uh, for the most part, although there's a little threshold that was crossed, which I thought was really um, an amazing camera move, an amazing moment, um, an amazing beat. But, uh, yeah, I was, like, ready for uh, a, a completely different villain than what we saw with Thanos. Well, that, And I think that's what's really exciting is, you know, we everyone's been talking about the big bad, and, and folks have been saying... You know, it's going to be Galactus and it's going to be whatever. Mm-hmm. And Galactus feels in many ways a lot like Thanos in that sort of scale. And instead they go with Kang, who's a clear Avengers villain, right? right. That's his sort of position. Has a lot of different personas, mm-hmm. including hero personas, which are going to be potentially important. Sure. 
and uh, and as a result, he becomes far more interesting to us. Like yeah, he, he is a very different character. Does and he, do you, does he fall into like a gray character? Like he's not like good or bad. He falls into grayness and then ends up making. No, I don't yeah. think I want to say that. Okay. I want to say. I want to say let's talk about it afterwards. Let's talk about the okay. show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's yeah. Nathaniel. He, it's Nathaniel, Nathaniel, not Franklin. Franklin is the younger, is a different, messed up, Richard's kid. Okay. All right. So. And there, are Nathaniel. they all related to Reed? They are. How so? I'm not going to tell you okay. because it's, we're going to get to that. Let's <laughs> okay. talk about the show. Shoot. Well, I feel like, people, you, sh- people I feel like home, you should drive like, this, but I, I shouldn't so drive this So just talk show. about that performance and all of that. Let's just talk about that scene, that long scene with The whole, so, so half the show, essentially. Yeah, let's yeah. just talk about it. Great. Um, God, where to start with that? I mean, elevator, I guess. Let's just start with the elevator introduction. Yeah. Um, he's so charismatic the second he appears, and they're so caught off guard. Um, that this isn't some guy who's coming out of an elevator just to destroy them, right? Because that wasn't his intent, right? Right. He honestly probably wanted them to just take over his, you know, take up the mantle, right? I mean, it's that's what it felt felt it like. It felt like there was one of two options, and either option the TVA continued. Yeah. One of them with them in power, and one with him in power, right? Right. Right. Like so, he. I mean, he he played his cards to where he couldn't lose, um, or at least. He thought he, he would lose. He, well, he would lose momentarily. And then, right. he, I mean, it sounds like he's going to, he, he mentioned the word reincarnated multiple times, I think. And uh, so, I mean, he, and he winks at the end after Sylvie kills him. Like, well, I'll see, see, you, see you soon. Because he just knows, like, he's just going to come back as some, but I don't understand necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily a reincarnation, but maybe it is. So one of the things so that we con- saw so confusing. in that space was that the sacred timeline is a circle. A circle. Yeah. Right. So if we're looping around, that means we'd be returning to the same thing over and over again. And as that timeline phrase and that to me may be finally a way for me to deal with the physics of this problem and the fact that there's so many uh, variants in timelines and whatever. But, uh, you know, that means as as it fractures and breaks, he's going to reappear in all of those forms in that multiverse. And as the universe loops around, yeah. it'll happen again. Yeah. Right? Well, and so your timeline issue had been answered. I think you had you had issue with like how can how can multiple Lokis exist in alligator form or in female form and not automatically be flagged as a nexus right. thing, right? But what we learned from Kang is that he's just chosen the timeline that has the least amount of like problems with the other kangs right essentially he's like, like he's stripped all of the he's other not getting rid of right. he's not getting rid of the other timelines because of anything except for his his own variants at least that seems that that's a core thing yeah. to what he's doing the, for me the the issue is the way the resolving takes place is that thing can loop around and every time it loops around, there can be a timeline that slowly goes off till it gets bad enough that it would cause the multiverse and then it gets locked. Instead of how do you have a, an alligator Loki and a Loki and a Sylvie, wouldn't, if there's one sacred timeline, as one of them branches off, wouldn't that be a violation right mm. from the moment it's a female? Right. And I think that the idea of it being a circle means we keep getting a shot at it over and over and over again. Right. And that these aren't pruned from one moment, but they're pruned from one rotation or something. Right. And reincarnation makes sense with that, right? Like right. That right. Because it's that category. Yeah. You'll be pruned and then you'll come back and you'll be pruned again and right. again and again and again. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. And again, I've mentioned Screen Crush on this the podcast before and they've been spot on with their predictions with everything that they've been talking about um they brought up flat circle theory you know back in like i think episode two or three mm-hmm. in their review and they've pretty much got the confirmation in this episode uh that it is that exact thing and you know there's been references to that just with the film the film strips and like all of that and that it just is a circle rather than a straight flat timeline mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Kang, very interesting. Would you call him Kang? Because he doesn't give his name. He doesn't, and he is Kang because he needs to be Kang, but we don't need to name him yet Yeah. because this this character, the this one who remains, mm-hmm. is in the s- 
TVA comic storyline, right. the person who's there. Yeah. So Kang has become a stand-in for a very different gotcha. person at the end of that universe. But that's because of the goals, I think, that Marvel has set up for him. Right. I love the fact that this guy gets announced as, in Majors gets announced as being Kang for Quantumania. Yeah. And they kept this under wraps. Yeah, that he would appear in this. Yeah. Which means, right, so if we're thinking of this phase, right, this phase begins and ends essentially with this this Kang lead up, right? Yeah. And so we, we you know, yeah. Kang is going to be our big bad for this. Right, for this, this upcoming phase. He may, right. in fact, lead us into the next phase, cause, and I'll talk about why I think that, but mm -hmm. that's it. And he was so charming. And in Lovecraft oh, love Country, him. he's yeah. fantastic. Like, yeah. he's great, but a very different character. Sure. Like, weighted down and burdened and pain. Okay. And he is this sort of hyper-intellectual, uh, like, thoughtful, reflective black man in the five bloods hmm. and watching this guy's range it's yeah. just amazing yeah and, and here the um the off the cuff casual uh he was so good to watch and he was watching so those good beats like beat by beat that moment when you're right when you know he runs past the border of his knowledge Oh my gosh! Like you're you're you you kind of like sit forward for a second because you're like what just his it, it's his nonverbals his not his acting yep. and his nonverbal expression the way he was sitting when the elevator opened yep. said everything you need to know about who his what his personality is like and who he is the way he got up and the way his hands kind of came together and he kind of shifted his weight like everything he did just in his movements said so much before he even opened his mouth and uh, I mean I'm I. I'm very much looking forward to watching him over the next however many uh, yeah and I hope we see him with, regularly like we know yeah. we're gonna see him in Quantumania but now well, I hope we see him more I hope we see him more than we see Thanos right because we really only get Thanos in Infinity War and then we get him in Endgame and then you get like snippets of him in, at an end credit or something yeah I bet I bet you we're gonna see Loki 2 before we see Quantumania Right, hmm. I bet that's going to be a bridge A into B or something like What's that. What's Quantumania? That's twenty twenty two, right? Twenty twenty three, I think. Oh, and maybe that. I'll find out. out. I'll find out. But while the, you keep talking, you know, th because that makes sense, right? We we're going to come back into this world because of what we see at the end. But he can play many Kangs. Like the key here is twenty twenty three. He can play many Kangs, yeah. And as a result, and, and like that's the Kang costume. Kang has a blue face and a helmet, whatever, in yeah. one of his, and we're, we're not going to see that in great. Maybe we'll see that eventually. You'll uh, see I, a, you'll see a spinoff of that, a version of that, right. but it won't be, he looks like a, looks like a, almost like a scuba diver's, yeah, like an old scuba diver's uh, mask well, over his face that's blue. Kang was, uh, he has an Egyptian yeah. manifestation. Like, I'm not going to run through all the names. No, but I mean, it sounds, I mean, there was this whole thing with the Council of Kangs that I heard about. Right. Um, and so it sounds like there's, I mean, there's a lot of variants of Kang. And they work together in a way in right. attempts at domination. He also becomes Iron Lad hmm. and is part of or the founding member of the Young Avengers. What? Which is a big like, uh, whoa, what's that? God, so they could go in any direction. So he could, exactly. So Young Avengers, we are 100% sure are going to come, right? We've they, They've seated everybody. We, we have all these characters, including yeah. now one more. That's and crazy. That is crazy. And whether or not Iron Lad appears there doesn't matter because they've already established the Easter egg they do not need to bring to fruition for the energy around that story to be. Like, from a marketing standpoint, the energy around Young Avengers is so intense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it sounds like... So he could show up in Young Aven Avengers. It sounds like he could show up in Moon Knight. It sounds like he could... You know, show up in I mean, he's going to show up in Quantumania and Ant Man. He certainly could show up in Multiverse of Madness in some fashion. He can show up in any of. He those. He could show up in No Way Home. And Spider Man, right? Like uh, any any of those films, he could be part of, and as a different big bad Kang. Right. And so Marvel, the wow. one, I'm going to say like so <laughs> I, I want to jump out because I thought so. Jonathan Majors is making some serious. He's got to make bank, and they yeah. they have to have him locked and yeah. loaded for every single episode. I wonder if there's somebody out there who's found like if there's a contract. There's got to be if he's, if they if you can find out you know how many movies he's contractually uh, obliged to. 
I don't know. But, but the thing with, with that seating is we have all this excitement about what's going to come now. Like we're really energized around yeah. this future. And Kang can appear over and over again in different forms. Right. And Marvel's getting us back for us trolling them by saying you kill all your villains. Right. So Marvel can say, oh, well, this is the one that's not going to die because he's just going to appear over and over because right. there's, right. there's 10 of them. Right, right. And you can kill one at the end of every movie and it's fine because and he's he's there again because we're and it's like this never ending troll of it doesn't matter what you do to me i'm gonna i'm gonna be back and even back and he's not back so the cool thing is he may not even know right that he was in the other battle we so we get this new villain and he has different figures so he's immortus right right Uh, you know he has all that's immortus that's what somebody was saying that this this kang felt more like immortus immortus yeah, sure. Um, Rama Tut's the one I, I would think we're going to probably see that. So he just takes on a bunch of different names and... Well, there's different... And costumes. ...versions of him, right? Sure. Um, there's Kang the Conglomerator. The heck is like, that? Like, it's just... Well, yeah. when you're a comic book producer oh, and you're comic trying books are weird, to I do know, it, right? Yeah. you got to keep on throwing things out. So the Council of Kangs are all those guys, like, sitting in a room together right. having an argument. Um, but they are all the same person. As in, like, they're all... Nathaniel They're Richards. all... I'd they're all identical. They're all Nathaniel Richards. They just right. because of the different Get, right. They're a descendant of, of Reed Richards, right? Right. Um Yeah, I really you guys if I mean if you're listening and you haven't watched any screen crush stuff, you need to go watch that because he made a prediction that uh because they haven't introduced any of the Fantastic Four yet, right? That if this if if Nathaniel Richards, if if Kang here is gonna be a descendant of anybody, they're predicting that it'll be a descendant of Tony Stark. Right. Which so is really interesting because then, I mean, they've seeded that, you know, there is a line that is continuing from Tony in Endgame, right? right? So they've they've said that this, his line continues. Um, well, who my, knows, man? I would, I would love this to be the path by which they get to the Fantastic Four, though. Yeah. So th- there's a... Well, it seems like that could, that could be a possibility, too. There's a pretty cool too. line. They can right. drag us back through that. Um, and... Yeah, so we'll see. I, I watched, uh, you know, I watch new rock stars regularly mm-hmm. too, and they do a pretty good job, and they've been pretty close on this too. Yeah. I mean, the g- folks who are smart and aren't afraid to make choices and do their research, they've got stuff to. Well, to and they're share. they're okay making the predictions, right? Be, even if they're going to be wrong about it, it's but right because the fun is it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Them. And uh, um, yeah, anyway, I'm excited for Jonathan Majors just to continue and just to watch him it's work. Gonna it's going to be so be much fun. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and I thought that Sylvie and Loki had a hard job. So those two actors are had a difficult job because they needed to go against their mm-hmm. development. Yeah, you, you know, like yeah. they they needed to exp- well, you Sylvie know, what? needed to be betrayed. The well, Sylvie needed to be the betrayer, right? Right. Yeah. Believe she was betrayed. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if she felt like she was. I don't know if she felt like she was betrayed. I think she felt like she was. She's hit her. She didn't have any growth. Right. Like she did, but she wasn't able to trust the growth that she's exactly experienced. Um, you know, they were pretty much at this impasse of making like they couldn't make a decision it's essentially they were playing checkers while kang was playing chess sure and they were completely stuck they didn't know what they were getting themselves into they were stuck um you know you have this guy who knows all of time what what's going to happen what you're going to do up to a certain point and they didn't even know he existed until five minutes ago so you know you're posed with this impossible question of do we kill this guy and you know let the universe completely destroy itself when a hundred more of him show up or do we take over and continue protecting it? But you know, they could both be lies. All of it could be a lie. You know, it's they, there's no right or wrong choice. So, which I think was really smart of them because we're not, I don't think we're supposed to hate Sylvie. We're not supposed to dislike Sylvie. Like I don't dislike Sylvie for making a choice. She made, I don't dislike, uh, Loki for making the choice he made either um, and I don't dislike Kang for making giving them the impossible choice to make right? yeah you know well, and what I think is interesting is that we were just talking about another show being plot driven and not character driven mm-hmm. and this is the plot is driving this and yet the characters, characters are, making are really making mm-hmm. decisions yeah and 
a part of that is the weight of really good actors. So yeah. Hiddleston. Oh yeah. It, that this when he is in that moment with Sylvie, essentially of saying, you know, don't do this. Mm-hmm. This is that close up, face to face. Well, and there's pain that you can see on his face that we haven't seen from Loki in right. in ten years. Right. You know of the MCU. Uh, this is a completely different Loki. This Loki's had more growth than the other sacred timeline mm-hmm. Loki, I think. Absolutely. Um, this this Loki has come further than than that other Loki. Uh, and you need someone like Hiddleston who's yeah. both able to do it and cares enough about the character mm-hmm. to invest the work on the screen. So yeah. uh, th- with a lesser actor, uh, and we saw this last week, you know, when we're watching the work that is being done with classic Loki, right? Like whatever mm-hmm. it may be, w- w- Hiddleston is he a lesser actor would play this either camp or right. shallow or empty because it's a comic book, right? And H- Hiddleston is like this is <laughs> this is acting, so I'm gonna yeah. act. Yeah, yeah. He treats it. I mean, it almost feels like. He, if this was a stage play, he would have written by Shakespeare. He still would have given one hundred and ten percent exactly to the character. Because I mean, I think it helps that Loki's a tragic character, mm-hmm. you know, and this, it's he's not like if it, if it was Thor. Thor can be a little bit more campy in a sense, you know. Thor can be a little bit more uh, goofy, and but you don't get that with you don't get that with Loki. Feels like you could put him in the middle of some kind of classic play and it would have it would have felt you know yeah, you feel the opera in yeah. his performance there's right? there's tragedy and yeah. heartbreak and pain and suffering and all that well, stuff you i mean you need and they they sort of seal the deal there for a moment right yeah they had this very narcissistic kiss this very self-love which is cool because it is that is partially what it is i think is yeah. this acceptance of yourself from Loki's end, but from Sylvie's end, she hasn't accepted right. it, which is why she fakes the kiss. Um, Loki's ready to commit. Sylvie's not ready to make that commitment and trust. Um, she did say a line. She said, you know, she was, she's been hunting him or she's been on the run longer than Loki's been alive. Right. So she's saying she came first. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we think about the cycle of this circle, she had to have come in another circle cycle. Right. <laughs> I Yeah, I just, I would be interested to know when, when like Alligator Loki started and when Kid Loki started and Classic Loki started and Sylvie started versus when our Loki started. Like, where does everybody line right. up? It sounds like they all would have started before our Loki. It feels like that might be the case, right? And he certainly feels like he does not know. He states he doesn't know what time, how long he's been anywhere and whatever. It, it feels right. like days. He doesn't know how long it's really passing. And time is yeah. not. Well, we don't know. And time doesn't matter. Either. Right. Time doesn't matter Th- at well, all. Well, and time may not be passing. Right. You're in the, t- if you're in, I think if you're in TVA's facility, time doesn't pass because did you're. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, because right. You're like stretched over the course of all of time. Right. Uh, you know, you're it's and in the TVA, you're in a way you're seeing time in the f- in four dimensions rather right. than seeing it in three dimensions like we do, and so it doesn't matter. In the same way, Kang's seeing it in four dimensions that you know that's why he just exists over all of time. Um, so yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, their their whole thing, I did not see that coming. I thought the fight choreography was done pretty well for that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and you and you and I have had the conversation especially with WandaVision of them blowing the episode by some giant thing that doesn't fit some big CGI fight or something you know it's the DC problem where they you know will have a 40 minute fight at the end full of CG that doesn't have any weight to it but I thought that this fit really well because the full episode felt so character driven you know it sure it is plot driven but it's all based off of real characters Mm -hmm. in real space making a real decision. Um, did you feel like it suffered from the same problem that WandaVision suffered from? No. I mean, I th- I think that no matter what, they had to have a big fight in the end. I think that's just a thing that yeah. Marvel's got to get past eventually guess, in yeah. these right. series or else they're going to all look the same right. in like overall structure. But they chose to make the fight something that was interesting, that mm-hmm. was dialogue-driven, that wasn't about anything petty, yeah, uh, that that was richly engaged in the storyline we've been working with the whole way. So yeah, we've and, watched I, these and I would say motivated. Together. I would say right. motivated, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, motivated know, in a lot of ways. Right. A and seated, too. I mean, one of the things I think is really wonderful is that, you know, Kang or Hugh remains, whatever we want to say, uh, Hugh survives, whatever whatever language <laughs> we're going to use. He, he th brings that paper out that's a script, right? Which mm -hmm. I love that meta moment of yeah, yeah, yeah. the script down. Right. But that was <laughs> right. seated. That was seated in episode one, because they have to sign a document of everything they've ever said over all time. Yeah. So that exists. There's nothing. There shouldn't about be a surprise that that exists. Right? And it, there's no surprise yeah. for Loki either, yeah. because that would be a derail moment for a character who had not had that previous experience. Right. But we don't need to remember that. But yeah. Loki remembers it, and so his actions can have integrity. Right. And that that authenticity in character is what makes this work. And you know, for WandaVision, the my struggle was because the the surprises in the end were were so there was such a peak surprise surprise. Yeah. We had all this stuff yeah. to deal with that final battle ended up being very much about the mechanics of the universe right. and not the people fighting. Right. It became about the magic and not about the people. Right, and what yeah. magic means and and all of that. Uh, and what it means to be a Android, whatever, right. all of that. Not about the emotion. Not about the emotion, not about the individual decisions, not about where we'd walk. Yeah. But partly that's because, you know, Wanda and Vision weren't fighting together. Right. Right. Y you know? Um, well, I thought the whole Vision versus Vision fight was far, fight was far more interesting than the Wanda versus Agatha because it was about the characters right. of Vision rather exactly. than, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I think that this was, I think that their fight needed to happen and that it was it was motivated too because it, you know it was more of it wasn't even really a fight it was more of uh defense right it was just loki trying to not let sylvie kill kang but he was never on the attack you know right. loki, loki was never on the attack for sylvie she, he, he wasn't trying to hurt her he was trying to just disarm her or slow her down and he didn't even make a choice look loki wasn't deciding to kill him or not kill him he was just deciding to let's take a second and talk and think and so talk good. which Such is an interesting which is not something you ever see loki do either mm -hmm. um normally you see him make really quick rash decisions that have consequences and the fact that he's even saying let's think about this is shows a lot of character growth for and, him and we also had kang watching and enjoying it and yeah, that, well, and and because it doesn't matter, right? For him, right? And, it, and it's great, but yeah. it, it, for us as viewers, that changes the structure of that too. Yeah. So yeah. in in both of the previous series we watched from the Disney TV or Disney Plus Marvel TV stuff, those last battles, the stakes have been high, and the viewers have been in tragedy. Mm -hmm. Right. Here, the person who's viewing it with us is having a ball, like we are watching. Right. And that actually is pretty engaging too. I think. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, it was. It was just a great. It was. I thought it was a great ending to the the first season because it's officially been renewed for yep. for a second season, which is really really exciting. Um, uh, so Miss Minute shows up in the middle of this mansion, and so in a we, great we, jump scare moment. In a great jump scare. Yeah, like close up of Miss Minutes with eyes wide. It is kind of is kind of creepy, and. Uh, so we learn that she's been under his control pretty much the whole time and she's pretty much been she is she some kind of sentient being that can feel and understand i don't know I, like i can't i can't I, get a grasp I have a on sense it. of that i, I do want to say that i i love the jump scare because there were people doing reaction videos yeah and yeah. there are people doing reaction videos who thought it was that she was the big bad. The, the villain, right. And right. so like they're like, yes, I'm right. And then you're wrong. Like that that's a good troll moment for oh, me too. Oh gosh, yeah. It just it that would have been the most disappointing thing. Like if I predicted that, I would have been so sad that that actually came true. No, I agree completely. You know. Uh so yeah, I thought it was very very uh cool that they kind of tied her in to the whole thing. Yep. Um there were four statues in the kind of atrium thing that he came out of the elevator. The Kang came out of the elevator, but one of them was crushed. One of them was like just demolished. So there's three timekeepers left, I guess, in that thing. But who do you who do you think that fourth thing I, was? Do you, you think they're all idea. just four variants of I, I, Kang? I, I guess. I don't have any idea. Yeah. Uh, the, I didn't know if you had any comic book insight. No, I don't have any comic book insight on it. Um, but as again, because this isn't Kang's world. This story isn't Kang's sure. story in sure. the comics. Um, yeah, so I, I mean... Yeah, everything they did in that room, in that, I don't know, everything they did, that conversation at the desk with Just Kang, all worked. 
everything worked everything from shot choices to production design to you know costuming er, literally everything movement camera movements right light, focal, lighting everything was so so yeah. purposeful uh i loved watching it i mean i i think this episode and the previous episode have been two of the best episodes of yeah, the whole very strong the whole series so let's go to the tva and talk about w- a little bit of whatever happened in the tva yeah. and then talk yeah. about some ending and some consequences yeah from this. so mobius is has returned um to the tva and he kind of what he he kind of approaches uh renslayer right right um about yeah <laughs> her pruning him and uh I don't know. Like, there's just uh, he's just kind of broken up over their friendship that he thought they had, and he's just trying to figure out what the heck happened, um, and trying to convince her that there's that she doesn't need to continue doing what she's doing, right? Um, and he must have had a conversation with B fifteen before he got to her. Got to her, right? Because yeah. uh, we find out from her, or yeah, from B fifteen that. Renslayer is a principal in Ohio, right? At a high school in 2018, which immediately blows up the TVA's support for her. Right, right, because uh, yeah, because B15 brings in like leads one of the other guys, right? One of the other right. uh, hunters to to Rens to real world. Non-variant Renslayer, right? The, right. The, Non-TVA Renslayer, right, who has a completely teacher. different name, probably. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, I I would imagine that yeah, the entire TVA is would implode. You know, un- there's nobody in charge who would be in charge if she wasn't. Well, and that's what we get, right? Because she goes yeah. off to find out answers, so she'll right. be back in season two, right? Coming back with some kind of answer. She goes to find the person who's in, who has free will. Right, right, which is which, a very different conversation. Yeah, which yeah we can get into later, but it's going to be different. It's just different because um, it's not Kang. She didn't go to search for Kang necessarily, right? Because she doesn't know. Uh, we don't know what that file was that was handed to her. Right, right. Miss Minutes gives her that file. That he, she says he he thinks it would be more helpful. I'm like what the heck? Who is he? It must be, must be Kang. Well, that's who, that's who that has to be from Miss Minutes. But what? Renslayer is doing I don't know I don't but, know. but yeah. it's a I mean when we talk about the cliffhanger nature of the end of this yeah that's a cliffhanger that's about the series yeah whereas the other cliffhangers about the MCU right right, right. Um, I loved at the beginning of the scene where she's in her office that she looks down and she sees that stain the rings which I said mm-hmm. had disappeared in the other scene yeah uh, but it's there and we we get a sense that she has real emotional connection yeah for Mobius and that's important to us because if she, so that she's not just a betraying bad guy right right that it's not one-sided right. yeah she I mean she's more three-dimensional if she cares mm-hmm. about somebody so uh, yeah I I, I kind of wish that they referenced more like if I, I think if Mobius brought up the rings again it would have mm-hmm. tied in a little bit more to uh to their entire relationship and um you know i i don't know why mobius didn't remember that he left those rings there so i feel like there's uh, you know what i mean like i, I feel like there's something right. that we've was got stuff that we need there, there's still plenty of questions what i yeah. love is we've resolved the main storyline and we have mm-hmm. tons of questions yeah and characters who have work to do yeah so sylvie is someplace right right and we know where well, Loki Sylvie's is. Well, still in the. She's at the end of time, right? In at this least that's castle. our belief. Yeah. But we don't see her. We don't see what she chooses there. We see the timelines explode, and then right. we're back to the TVA, sort of. You know. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and Loki's there and unrecognized at the end. Yes. Oh, yes. Loki comes in at the end. And kind in of a sp- lovely, the beautifully shot scene, right? Yeah. That tracking yeah. shot, right through him. the through the the bookcases. Oh, so really, beautiful. so clever, well done. And uh, you know, spouts off all the info to Mobius, and Mobius has no idea who he is uh, before Loki turns and sees the th- where the three statues of the Timekeepers used to be now replaced with a single statue of Kang. Right. And uh, I don't know if. 
the, I, you know, I don't know what happened because again, we've talked about the TVA being out of time mm-hmm. essentially. And so I don't know if that actually means that it's in a segment of time somewhere that we don't, we just don't know where and it may, where doesn't matter or when doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And has the, has Kang's death at the end by Sylvie, has that restarted the cycle of the timeline of the circle? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the circle's just blowing up, right? Like timelines yeah. are going and, all over the place. And so, like, if 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 Kang's death restarts that circle, if like his was the end and the beginning of that circle, then maybe Kang is in charge of the TVA again at the beginning of time, and right. then at some point replaces himself with the timekeepers throughout that timeline right and so like that would happen every time if, if it's this loop every time that would happen and so maybe he's in charge of the tva for you know two millennia and then all of a sudden he decides to switch it and erase everybody's memories and start with the timekeepers like i don't know there's a, a million questions but we have and that's that's a cliffhanger that i like yeah we resolve the story we needed to resolve, let the characters yeah. do their work, and then we set up a new right. adventure Yeah, for because Loki has work to do, and Sylvie is going to have work to do, and yeah. Renslayer has work to do. Well, and Mobius can redevelop yeah, has, as a character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of places. They, c- they can take it in any direction, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also now what they've done with Loki, the fact that he's in the TVA, means that he can randomly show up anywhere at any point in any movie. Yeah, he can appear in a film. If we anywhere. Yep. If he wants to show up in Spider-Man randomly, he can show up in Spider-Man. You know, like they've given him options to just drop in for 10 minutes in Love and Thunder because he exists in the TVA. Now, I guess it would depend on when season two comes out of Loki. If yeah, I the thing I think we need to know, season two of Loki has to come out before Quantumania. Because if Quantumania is at the end of this phase... It's Quantumania's 2023, right? And that it's has May, to be I the resolution of the story. Right. And this story would need to be before that to resolve, or it would need to lead us to this story. So Loki's either immediately following or immediately proceeding, and I can't imagine they would end a phase or end a big bad in a TV series. Yeah, no, it doesn't It doesn't add up. It seems like this would be the, the final push to Quantumania. Right. Right. Season two would be that that thing that comes before Quantumania. Right. That would make sense. Like if if his if his second. Uh, maybe I guess if season two would be in, in March of 2023. Yeah. You're talking two years. Yeah. Which is plenty of time. And yeah. that would that would mean then that you literally could cliffhang your way into Quantumania. Yeah. And that that does two things. A movie that is potentially not going to do as well as other films has two arrows aiming at it mm-hmm. the kang arrow just because it's just because it's ant-man yeah i mean yeah. i just ant-man's done fine i think and yeah. i like those movies actually to yeah. be honest but yeah. they're not they're big sellers right right and that then we but we can make that a big seller because we just met kang and loki and we loved them right so everyone's going to quantum mania now. yeah and if we do loki 2 that arrow aims right at go see this film right you know right yeah yeah i and it's just it's interesting to to see what what they're going to do because those characters in the tva can drop in anywhere it's Mm -hmm. also possible that we see mobius on a jet ski in a random right in a random movie because that's been that's before he was picked from the timeline right as a variant version and so like they they now have all of these little easter eggs that they can drop wherever because the tva can you know exist outside of that time yeah uh so yeah it's gonna be fun i think that this whole multiverse thing is really just gonna be an awesome awesome ride for i'm interested to see how the eternals fit into everything i'm interested to see how shang chi kind of fits into all of this too i I mean i have ideas but that's the i mean so the first thing we should say is that in a couple of weeks we're going to be talking about what if Mm -hmm. uh which i'm really excited about it's one of my favorite comic books yeah like legit like i yeah. loved what if and loved reading it very few issues i don't own or really didn't yeah. read yeah, yeah. I, I did skip ones about thor to be honest because i don't a big like, thor, thor fan, i was yeah. not a big thor fan until ragnarok and so 
Um, but you know, the, the what if stories were multiverse stories, but they were also always able to speak about big questions. So mm -hmm. one of the things about what if type stories is there's always an underlying reason why the choice can be made. So right. uh, Iron Man's Iron Man, we're gonna watch his arc and his arc is a personal arc and a, a political arc, right? right. He, he learns not to be a arms dealer or whatever along the way, but that path, yeah. right? Captain America has a, a journey he takes personally and in the comic books, like for a while, he's a drug addict for a while, whatever, you know, he mm. works through all these things. Um, in the, uh, in what if you're able to pinpoint the core issue. So what if, Uncle Ben didn't die. Right. And then we have a conversation about what happens to Spider-Man with fame and mm. the value of tragedy in our lives. And so the what if comics are really thoughtful reflections right. on what were important points underlying comics. So I'm really excited to see Interesting. what's yeah. here. And uh, there's gonna be some gimmicky things, but what if was just whatever, right. and now it's the multiverse in coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah, right. This now is, it's the same thing as if you watched, you know, what if alligator version of Loki, right? Like, what mm -hmm. if Loki was an alligator? And, which is the most ridiculous question ever, and the fact that it, an alligator Loki still exists blows my mind. But, yeah, like, I, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how what if will play into the larger story, mm -hmm. or if it will at all, or if it's, if, if they're just kind of, saying hey this is just a fun little thing we're doing on the side and this probably won't play into any gr in the mcu and any greater impact and that's why it's animated versus live action i don't know what the decision was behind behind that or if this actually will play into you know the multiverse moving forward um i it, just don't know it helps yeah. the uninitiated non-comic book person be able to understand the multiverse before mm. we get to what could be, it's probably also much cheaper. Crazy so. stuff in Multiverse of Madness. Sure. But yeah, my worry is that we have these non, we, we have movies in this cycle that aren't multiverse movies, like Guardians of the Galaxy, potentially Love and Thunder. Although I can see how Love and Thunder actually now might be a multiverse-based story. Right. Shang Chi does not seem like a multiverse story, and how those are going to be impacted or not impacted. By well, I, I think path. you need you need movies, you need characters who exist that don't understand the multiverse, new characters that don't understand them because we just got rid of two, right? Tony's out, Cap's out. You need to replace right kind of your roster of people mm -hmm. um, that have a that have a different outlook that are trying to accomplish different things than what the Avengers were trying to accomplish, right? You have now outside friction coming into the 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 hero camp that are trying to to accomplish a different thing that takes the rest of your crew who don't know what they're doing anymore right. on a new journey. Uh, but you also need to have those characters not understand what the multiverse is. That way we can see the effect of what the heck is going on across all of these or people. They can and it just grounds not us as it, right. 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 Yeah. I, I imagine that I don't, I don't know who experiences the multiverse and did, did everybody experience the multiverse when like, if the multiverse were to explode essentially and just there would be these timeline battles who who would be fighting those timeline battles is it like would i have to fight a version of myself like would we all have some kind of individual like i just don't know what they're planning well, and it's also when that. if they cross or don't right so sure one of the things is that there could be a timeline that shang chi is in that is just the timeline we watch there's no multiverse because it's just the well, story in this little piece of right. the multiverse well you you say that now it makes me wonder what if this shang chi that we're watching is a different reality a different right exactly uh, you know we we don't know what we're walking into this could be a completely different reality because we've seen the ten rings before and uh the mandarin was an actor named trevor and this this is actually the mandarin, the mandarin. Mm -hmm. and so it, it makes me wonder like maybe this is actually a multiverse movie because it's not this could, yeah, you know could what I mean, be. and maybe yeah. maybe at the end of it they're gonna tie it into the Eternals or into Spider Man. Is that maybe they're just really going to maybe maybe Shang Chi's gonna be pulled out of his timeline and into a different timeline? Like I don't know. Like, well, there's, there's there's a lot they can do, right? Yeah, and we'll see. And it's, there's a lot of 
as you've said, ways to do cameos in many different ways in mm -hmm. these other films that are going to add excitement. My hope is that they don't yeah. lose focus. Yeah. Um, and I and I I feel like they're not going to. So I I worry about multiverse. Worry about multiverse. There's a lot of things about comic multiverses that are crazy. Yeah. And then they land it with Jonathan Majors doing Kang at the end of this yeah. Loki series, and I'm like, all right. So obviously the plan is there. They just introduced this guy. We know he's in Quantum Mania. Um, we they they have a plan again. Yeah. And I can feel really safe and secure. Well, and and if you know if. If Quantum Mania is the thing that ends everything, then they 100% have every script written right now, up until then, right? Because if 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 he's casted for Quantum Mania, then that script is written, or at least right, or, or there's there's at some least there's broken. some yeah right. right the story's there, you know, and so they they have you know they have the structure of everything from now until the end of Quantum Mania, and likely a couple months past quantum mania at the very least. So everything's good. I don't think they're going to lose focus because everything has to be so pre-planned out that there's, I mean, everything has to connect and they know that because they, they did it right. They did it for 10 years with the whole mm -hmm. infinity uh, saga. And they're thing, just going to move quicker. This it's time, just going right? to be, instead of 10 years, it's going to be three or four. Yeah. Max. Um, and so. and they've seeded and so they have this we But you don't need to build from the ground up, right? Right. Right, exactly. That, that's and, why it took so long. And you have the capacity to bring the X Men in in a billion ways now. Oh and yeah. And you have the ability to get Reed Richards in. Right. Especially if you let Kang be the thirty first century great 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 grandchild uh, right. of Richards. And if that's your choice, then the Fantastic Four can appear and they can begin five right and if fantastic right. four begins the next phase then we have galactus right. or, and we have the silver surfer and suddenly we can go there without it feeling shoehorned in yeah be because we needed to get there right right uh and so we have all these possibilities there's such a strong slate of films yeah uh and if hawkeye's half as good as these other series have been we're in good shape yeah i'm uh, and well and it feels like based on you know uh, i'm not going to go there because spoilers but based on what we've seen in other movies and what has been seeded for hawkeye it seems like hawkeye series will set up a whole nother series introducing a whole bunch of different characters yeah. that we've already seen but now teaming up together right yeah I, I think there's like, no way we don't see before the end of this cycle whatever mm -hmm. the young avengers appearing yeah um and if they can it's one of those things like when marvel started there was all this conversation about like our big ticket items are owned by everybody else so we're going to use these like second stringers right right but for me captain america was never a second stringer and the avengers were my comic so yeah. like i own yeah. almost every avengers comic like seven avengers comics i don't own you know like they were my so when they were being formed i'm like oh they're the big deal of marvel because right because that's who you grew up that's reading. who i grew up that's yeah. what i cared about i read spider-man right whatever um i, I read the x-men but they weren't they were my secondary teams or interests right um i i was an avengers fan so i didn't notice what they were doing right mm -hmm. having to fight this battle but now they're they they've made this commitment and if they can pull it off with a what i believe is a truly second stringing team yeah the young avengers right yeah if they can build us to that and make us care they can do whatever they want yeah well and we've said it a hundred times that you know you watch this and it feels like you're reading a comic book mm -hmm. you know the the universe is there everything's connected uh, uh it's just crazy what they what they did and it's all kicked off from iron man from John Favreau, thank God for John Favreau, and it makes me so happy that he's also started the Star Wars, the whole Star Wars thing with the Mandalorian. It just makes me feel like they Favreau's a good guy. Yeah, I I'm excited for you know the fact that he was able to kick this off with you know the MCU makes me feel like I I am so ready for Star Wars to do the same thing and actually feel like a congruent, cohesive experience. Because good God, that sequel trilogy is just still. Eating at me, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation. Uh, yeah, 
You know, yeah. It's but, but let's not end on a sour note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loki was great. It was um, awesome. And I'm excited for season two. I'm excited for what they're going to do. I, I am too. I'm excited for where we go next. I'm excited yeah. for the whole Marvel universe because I feel again, especially after COVID, like they fa- they pulled it out. Yeah, yeah. And even with our struggles with Black Widow. Right. Which, right. if you haven't listened to that podcast, go listen to that one. We kind of, I've said this. I think I wrote this in the description. We we pretty much crap on that movie for about an hour, and then we tell you that it's 100% worth watching and that you should go see right, it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly and then you watched it again which i have and not I watched yet. it again it holds up better on a second viewing yeah. and so that's uh, on a, on that's a tv great. but it's still fun in theaters you should see it in theaters but yeah and i i have to come and watch that uh a second time too and uh, and actually somebody asked you me, couldn't have watched it on a tv though disney plus premiere that's access. right that's yeah right. yeah wink wink um but yeah you know somebody asked me about black widow what i thought and i said i said that i had filmmaking issues but that it was definitely fun, definitely worth watching, and everybody else is going to think it's a spectacular movie. So, like, we're just more critical than I think most audiences who are going to to watch these, which is fine. But when it had emotional impact, and we talked about that, yeah, like so. Whereas, whereas the for me, Captain America and the uh, White Wolf. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just push yeah. Keep that, using the name right? that it should have been. Um, uh, that that series is for me like about my heart mm-hmm. right and um wandavision's about my culture is about mm-hmm. culture and like mm-hmm. pop culture and this is that fantasy Loki. adventure story right yeah um and it's so it, uh, each of them is giving me a thing that is great and black widow's about pulling emotional heartstrings and yeah. it worked it did it yeah yeah, I mean, really, it's about sex trafficking, really, or just trafficking in general. Indeed. But yeah, it's it, there's there's a lot to it. Um, very family family oriented. Um, Vin Diesel would be I really was happy. Gonna say you're yeah. back to fast <laughs> and furious. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Ragging Focus podcast. I want to know what are your predictions for the MCU. Send us a DM on Instagram. You can find all of our social channels at rackingfocuspodcast.com. Uh, and you'll also be able to see what movies we're going to be reviewing along with our full catalog of other other films and shows that we've uh, we've reviewed. Yeah, and if you just want to check the Marvel stuff out, there's a page for Marvel. Witcher is uh, on its way back, too. We have a yep. Witcher series we're going to watch. I just watched a hunk of WitcherCon. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, so we, exciting. It's pretty exciting, and we'll be doing those, too. And you can listen to our past episodes about that as well on the webpage. Where else do we go? What else do we say? Is Thanks for listening. Oh, that's right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.